Canucks win, Canucks win. Wow. A, uh, a game where they almost blew it, took a shootout, back-to-back shootout games, but Demko goes two for two. Pedersen and Miller win it. We're going to break down the game. We're going to go over the game pucks, the pluses and minuses. You guys know the whole drill. Uh, we're going to do this fun little post-game show, round two, game two of 82. Let's get to it. Well, they didn't make it easy. Uh, the Canucks forced to go the extra frame and the shootout at a long road trip gets a little bit longer, but uh, a terrible performance from Carter Hart allows the Vancouver Canucks to go through, secure the two points, even though the refs might have made it a little interesting at the end with that sort of slash, you know, batting at the puck sort of call and the icing call. But you know what? We're not going to complain. Canucks get a 5 to four win over the Flyers. Let's do a quick breakdown of the game. All right, we had Thatcher Demko in goal for the Canucks, Carter Hart in goal for the Flyers. Hart, who had been good early in his career last year at an 877 save percentage, the worst in the National Hockey League. Uh, in the lineup, the one big change, Pod Colson moves up to the line with Pedersen and Miller. Shieson gets demoted down to the fourth line. And uh, Pod Colson didn't last through the whole game. We'll just say that Hoglander ended up in that spot by the end anyways, but that is all right. In the first period, the Canucks really started this game on the back foot. Uh, we had the entire first five minutes of the game in the Vancouver Canucks zone, a Flyers power play that comes from a Tyler Myers mishap, and then right as the power play ends, a one-timer from Joel Farabee hits the pad from Demko, then Tucker Pullman skate, then goes into the net. Flyers are up uh, one to nothing really, really early in this game. The shots at this point were eight to nothing. So a really, really bad start. And a few minutes later, Jason Dickinson almost kicks the puck into his own net, but the Canucks survived the first period down only one, which was the biggest positive of the period. But then we get to the second period where it's just absolute mayhem. You can see all the goals here that were scored in the second period, and none of them were really pretty except for the Pod Colson goal. Pod Colson at this point wasn't on the first line anymore. He was down with Lamico once again. Uh, this one is all Tyler Myers. Walks into the zone, makes a little move to the outside. Really nice little hands from Tyler Myers. Occasionally you just see that from him and it's amazing. Uh, feeds Vasily Pod Colson, who's skating downhill on the right side as a left-handed player. Hart goes down early and Corey Hirsch kept calling this out as a clear sort of lack of confidence from the young goaltender. Pod Colson rips it high glove side, his first NHL goal, and the game is all tied up. And for the Canucks to have started the game the way they did and to be tied just two and a half minutes in the, in the second period is excellent for the team. And then the Canucks go to the power play. Tyler Myers receives a high stick, so that stick must have been way in the air. Uh, but on this power play, Pedersen gets a great feed from JT Miller, the same spot basically that Pug Colson had just scored from. He walks in, he fires a shot, it hits a defender's leg, hits the end boards behind the goalie, comes back, hits Carter Hart, who's not against his post in the foot, and, and trickles into the net. One of the funniest goals you'll ever see. Canucks are up 2-1, their first lead of the season. Really funny moment here, as well as JT Miller literally goes over and slaps Pedersen in the face after sort of mocking him for his terrible goal, but that's okay. Um, Flyers did go back on the power play, though, with a, with a bad holding penalty. 
Uh, this power play was really dangerous from the Flyers, but and a failed clear from Miller sort of kept the team stuck in their own zone, but it gets killed off. And then right after that, the Canucks are back on the power play. Provorov puts the puck over the glass. Then they take a too many men penalty shortly after. So the Canucks have 35 seconds of five on three and the Canucks get lucky again. A great, great pass from JT Miller finds Chieson on the back post. Carter Hart sprawls over a phenomenal save to get the pad down. And then Sanheim goes to clear the puck away, fires it right into the leg of Shiaison, who just got stopped, and it goes in. Uh, so just a, a total fluke uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Basically their second fluky goal in a matter of five and a half minutes. Canucks are up 3-1, but the Flyers answered about three minutes later. Cam Atkinson gets his first in a Philadelphia uniform. He beats Tyler Myers to the puck. Uh, coming in right down the middle, is able to smack it, sort of Johnny on the spot, smacks it past Demko's blocker. It's 3-2. But then late in the period, less than three minutes to go, Pedersen with... <laughs> I, this is just good awareness from Pedersen, right? He goes in, keeps the play alive, going into the corner of the, of the offensive zone, and he knows that Carter Hart's been playing bad, and he knows Carter Hart's been coming off of his post early. And so he just fires it across the goal line, hits the leg of Carter Hart, uh, and it's sort of just right there against the post. He doesn't know where it is. He slides away. JT Miller goes, smacks it in four to two. Canucks up four two after two periods. Uh, so we go to the third period. Nothing too eventful for the first like 17 minutes of the third period. But then the Flyers pull the goalie. And then all of Reckman Larson takes a penalty. Puck is in the air, right about chest height, I would say. He goes, he smacks the puck into the face of Konechny. Now, what the ref sees is guy swing stick, guy hold face because he gets hit in the face by something, right? Ref's assumption is, all right, OEL stick, hit him in the face, that's high sticking. And then the refs converge and they're like, okay, well, we already called a penalty, even though like it was the puck that hit him in the face, but we already called the penalty, so we can't just like not give him a penalty. So they call it slashing, even though in the rule book, slashing means, uh, it literally says in the rule book, uh, not an attempt an attempt isn't made to make contact with the puck attempt was made to made contact with the puck, but whatever flyers go to the power play six on four with about two twenty three to go seven seconds into that power play. Travis Konechny scores, uh, Pullman, a really good play to break up the pass there, but Konechny then picks the rebound up, fires a quick shot over the glove of Demko to make it four, three, and then Bo Horvat a chance to win it from his own zone. 92 seconds on the clock, fires it down at the empty net, which would make it 5-3 to three and ice the game, and it misses the post by an inch. Looks like uh, Matthew Highmore is going to win the race of this puck. And again, I kind of give the linesman the benefit of the doubt here because the angles, the one guy's coming this way, the other guy's coming in from the side, and they were pretty much even, but Highmore had more speed, so Highmore would have probably gotten there first. It's a call the linesman probably shouldn't have made, but I, again, it's, it's one of those iffy ones, but they call the icing right off the ensuing face off. A flyer shot goes wide. Giroux from the goal line as Demko sliding to his right, fires it off of Demko's shoulder and in, and we're at four, four. So we go to OT and OT was absolute mayhem. Pedersen gets a great feed from Miller. He gets the backhand of his stick, uh, the backhand, the top hand on his stick kind of hooked. No call made there. Pedersen then gets a breakaway, tries to go five hole, stopped by Hart. Then Hoaglander has a decent chance on a shot, also stopped. Then Cam Atkinson goes the other way, sneaks between Garland and Hughes. That gets stopped. And then after that, the Canucks literally spend like two and a half minutes in the offensive zone. They get two full line changes over the course of this time. Dominant play in overtime, but it's not enough to score. So we go to a shootout in back-to-back -back nights. 
Sean Couturier up, up first, tries to go across and wrap it past Demko. Demko gets the toe down. So Elias Pettersson goes out, quick shot, glove side, beats Hart. So it's one nothing. Giroud goes out. He gets absolutely robbed. He tries to go uh, backhand, forehand, and try to bring it around the right side of Demko. And Demko's just able to get his toe on it before Giroud's able to get a stick on it. So JT Miller, a chance to win the game, and he does it. So JT Miller... With the game winner in the shootout, Canucks win 5-4, two points on the board, and I must say, the Vancouver Canucks are in first place in the Pacific Division. Yes, they've played more games than almost every team other than Seattle and Vegas, but hey, Vegas was supposed to win the division, and the Canucks are ahead of them, so we absolutely take those. Let's go into our pluses and minuses for this one. If you're new here, basically these are my, my highs of the game, my lows of the game. Let's go over those and then we'll get some of your thoughts here in a couple of minutes. My pluses. The first one, Connor Garland. His drive, like the motor on this guy, his edge work is so good. Uh, like you, like I, I mentioned it in the last post game where he's got the spins, right? He just, every time he's on the wall, he spins. He rarely falls from it, but he's always spinning. He's always maintaining possession of the puck and he's just keeping guys away from him. His edge work is fantastic. He's short. He's able to be, you know, low center of gravity, able to make those quick cuts. And I thought he had an absolutely fantastic game. He got an assist tonight on the JT Miller goal late in the second period. Uh, my second plus is you. Uh, the Canucks capitalized on a goalie that was down bad tonight. Carter Hart was down bad, and the Canucks went out and they said, all right, you're going to play like garbage, Carter Hart? Well, we're going to start throwing pucks at the net from everywhere. We're going to throw the... We're going to be Elias Pettersson throwing the puck across the goal line, basically. Uh, we're going to be getting pucks shot off of us. We're going to be Elias Pettersson banking it off of a guy and the boards to score. Um, you go against a goalie who's having a bad night... You have a prime opportunity to get two points, and the Canucks were able to pull it off. Um, another big plus, uh, Niels Hoaglander. Once he was put with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson, I thought that was a really good fit. Uh, Hoaglander was really good, you know, going in, winning battles, picking up pucks down low, and getting the puck to Pettersson and Miller. Uh, Hoaglander fits really well with that line. It'll be interesting if Brock Besser's back in the lineup tomorrow against Detroit. Does Hoaglander stay with them? And maybe Besser um, ends up on the second line. We'll see. Maybe it goes like Horvat, Besser, and Garland. But we could also just see Hoaglander be brought down to that second line as well. My biggest plus of this game, though, was I think the overtime. After going out and blowing the lead, which we'll get to in the minuses, uh, the Canucks absolutely dominated possession in the overtime. I wouldn't be surprised if they had like four minutes of possession in OT. And that's the overtime game that we have in the NHL right now, right? It's three on three. Possession is king. And the Canucks went out and they just dominated possession for the entire overtime. They didn't let uh, Philadelphia have the puck other than that one solid chance uh, that I think it was Couturier had, or no, it was Atkinson that had that chance. Uh, that was the, the main issue in overtime, but the rest of it was really, really good. Let's go to the minuses. Uh, first minus is they blew a lead. Uh, the Canucks had this game sort of wrapped up in a bow. They, they had a 4-2 lead, uh, which is a game you should win, you know, 90% of the time up 4-2 with less than three minutes to go. But, you know, look, you can, you can blame a bit of it on the refs, right? The, the, the one bad call and the missed icing, but look, you still got to execute, right? You still have a chance to win this game on your own merit. The refs didn't give it to them. They didn't help, but the Canucks could have played a little bit better in those last three minutes. Uh, if Horvat hits the net, right? It's it's these small little things. If Highmore is half a step ahead and the linesman can't make that icing call, right? Small things. So it's still a minus, albeit, you know, they still got the two points. 
Um, the first period uh, was not good for the Canucks. Uh, they had a lot of prolonged time in their defensive zone, um, especially like the first like 10 minutes. The shots were eight nothing when Farabee scored his goal. Uh, the Canucks could get nothing done early. That sort of home opener bump for the Flyers. Um, and, you know, you have to wonder, right? The Canucks have two more home openers they have to take on. I think Detroit's and there's one more as well. I think Seattle's home opener uh, the Canucks are appearing in. So the Canucks have to deal with two more home openers, uh, which is not ideal. You, you know, they get that extra crowd boost first time in front of fans in a while. Um, but, you know, they needed to come out a little bit hotter in this one. Um, uh, Jason's name bar. I don't know how many of you guys saw that. Uh, it was pointed out on Twitter a bit, but they spelt his name wrong on his jersey for the first two periods. They got it cleaned up for the third. Um, and Vasily Podkolzin didn't have a second of ice time after the second period. I don't think. I wrote that down when there was about four minutes left, and I don't think he got any ice time in the third. I know he didn't in overtime, and he didn't come out in the shootout. So Green was trying to secure the win, right? He's looking at this, and he's saying, look, we didn't win our first game of the season. Screw giving Pod Coles an ice time right now. We need to win this game and take first place in the division for now and get a W under our belts. And I get that, right? There's a lot of people saying, look, Pod Colson just scored his first NHL goal and you're sitting on the bench. I'm sure Pod Colson is happy right now. I'm sure he's happy they won. I'm sure he's happy they scored a goal. Would he have liked to play in the third period? Probably, but he's probably still flying high from his goal. He's going to get ice time. Uh, I wouldn't be too, too worried about that. Game pucks for this one. Uh, I didn't write anything down here yet. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, ooh, this is tough. Uh, the anti-game puck goes to Carter Hart. Uh, give me your thoughts on the game pucks in the chat here. I'll see some of them come up as we go. Um, I don't know. Demko was really solid for the first couple of periods. You know, gets beat by the two late, but does make the two shootout stops, which is, uh, you know, key to getting that extra point. I thought Pedersen had a really good game. I thought Miller had a good game other than a couple of mishaps. Uh, so really, you can give the game puck uh, to a bunch of people. Uh, MB is saying JT Miller. Uh, the other Parker is saying Garland. Uh, Neil's saying uh, Pod Colson should get a game puck, his first goal. Uh, yeah, he did get a puck from this game. Uh, but we'll go uh, with sort of the majority here and we'll go with JT Miller. For Philadelphia, probably Konechny. I think Konechny was really good tonight. Um, but we will move on in this one and we'll take a look at, like I mentioned, the Pacific Division standings. The Canucks, look at that, on top, number one in a playoff spot, in a secure playoff spot, which you love to see. Of course, this will change as more teams play more games. But if the Canucks can come out of this road trip, this six game road trip with something like eight points, right? If they can get five points in the next four games, that is a huge, huge, huge start to the season on the road. Let's go to the upcoming games really quick here, uh, which is this button. No, not that button. This button. Upcoming games. Canucks play the Red Wings tomorrow at 4 p.m. So again, I'll be live right after that game, probably 6.37 p.m., uh, Canucks and Sabres on Tuesday and Canucks and Blackhawks on Thursday. All of them early games. We'll have streams after all of them, but let's get to the people. Let's go to who matters. And that is you guys. Let's read some of your comments. I'm going to scroll way up here. Uh, and I'm going to actually put a cutoff in a couple of minutes. Cause I, I, I want to keep this one fairly short. Um, so get your questions in now and I'm going to drop the cutoff in the chat and then we'll just read all of those. Uh, so this is your moment to get on the stream. Um, let's scroll here. Uh, we have a lot of people who are just fired up after the shootout happened. 
Um, so let's keep scrolling here. Keegan giving a, a bit of grief to the refs, and I kind of called this one out. Um, let's see here. Uh, Marcus saying he felt like he was going to have a heart attack after the Giroux goal. Absolutely. I was, uh, I was there too. I was stressed, but the Canucks did pull it out. I'm going to keep scrolling. We're going to go mainly for questions here. DSV2, DSVII, why did green bench pods? Yeah, I think it was third period up to it's score effects, right? Um, you care less about stamina in it when there's only 20 minutes left to play, right? You can work your guys a little bit harder. Screw the game tomorrow. You need to win this one now. So he put out, you know, the players he trusted the most, right? You notice the new guys, Lamico didn't get any ice time. Paul Colson didn't get any ice time, but you saw guys like Highmore, Horvat, Miller all out on the ice. So, uh, just going with trust in the, uh, in the third period there. Let's find some more questions here. We have a lot of people, just general comments from before. Uh, Lauren asking who our home opener is against. Uh, Minnesota on the 26th, I believe. Uh, so that is a Tuesday, 11 days from now, the Canucks first home game against the Minnesota wild. Um, high T saying, did 92 get benched after his goal? Yeah. We kind of already mentioned that, but yeah, pod Colson, uh, getting that, uh, getting to ride the pine a little bit. I'm just looking for question marks in these comments. Um, Lauren saying thoughts on Bo Horvat this game. He looks really consistently good. I really enjoyed Horvat's game tonight. Uh, he was grinding. He was physical. Uh, he was just working people down low. Uh, you notice that in overtime too, especially that one shift that he had where he was just going behind the net and just protecting the puck. No one else can have it. Just Bo can have it. Uh, I thought Horvat had a really good game. Uh, Ty son of a gun. I like the name. Uh, who do you think we for sure lose to on this road trip? I think Seattle end of the trip home opener for them. I think that might be the best bet, right? The Canucks have games against the Red Wings. They should win that game. They play the Sabres. They should win that game. They play the Blackhawks. They probably should win that game. I think the Kraken is probably their best opponent left. And it is the first game at Climate Pledge Arena. I think that is probably the most likely hardest working team the Canucks will go up against. However, I also bet end of the road trip, the Canucks have two days off after it. I bet they'll be coming out flying as well, trying to spoil the party in Seattle just as much as Seattle tries to get things going. Uh, Parker White asking, do you think we're getting better at staying in their zone slash making it hard to enter our zone? First period notwithstanding. Yeah, the first period wasn't good. Um, I do think that the Canucks did a, a pretty good job on the possession game. Uh, I think it was definitely better than the last game. The Canucks were doing a better job of holding the line, uh, putting more pressure quickly on the guys down low. Uh, and I mean, if you look at sort of the shot progression throughout this game, I don't know if I have it open anymore. Uh, shots were 14 to five Philadelphia in the first 13, 10 Vancouver, and then 14, eight Vancouver. So they were even at 32 by the end of the game. So yeah, the Canucks definitely improved throughout this game. Uh, and I think possession played a big part of it. Uh, Aisha says, do you think not going for it at the end of the third was a mistake? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but if you're thinking like playing more offensively or just firing pucks at empty nets, there was the Quinn Hughes chance uh, where he didn't go for it. Uh, Quinn Hughes basically had the puck right below the Canucks blue line. So still in the Canucks zone, but he had a look at the net. I wanted him to shoot it, but he tried to play it up ice instead. Um, I think when there's an empty net, especially if you're up two, I think you just start firing at it. I think the... Look, your NHL players, you can hit an empty net from that far away, like probably under pressure, like 65% of the time. So it's, you know, the, the risk reward of face off in your own zone versus you win the game. 
I think you, I think you just start going for it uh, in those cases. Uh, one one saying Canucks actually look so dangerous. Defense seems to be doing fine if they don't make mistakes. I do think the defense played well. I don't know if the Canucks looked super dangerous. I think they did an overtime, and I think they did uh, at parts of like early in the third, late in the second. However, a lot of this game was bad goaltending. You have to keep in mind. Uh, if you look at you know if if we look at natural stat trick for example, and we look at expected goals. Uh, Canucks did win the expected goals battle, and that was mainly from the third period and overtime and second period, really. They just got uh, shelled in the first. Um, you know, the Canucks did play the better game, but just not early. Uh, Victoria, thoughts on Quinn's ice time? That is something I will have to look at here, and I don't think I have it pulled up anymore. Uh, Canucks Game Center, how much did Quinn play? Probably a lot, hey, because he was just out there the entire overtime. Quinn Hughes played 26 46. Uh, it makes sense. He probably played two or three minutes of overtime. He had almost five minutes of power play ice time, right? Uh, the Canucks did get quite a few power plays in this game. How many were there? One, two, three, four. Okay, so a pretty normal number of them. Uh, but he was out there for basically the entire first half of every power play. Uh, overtime, the third period, Oliver Ekman Larson played 25 minutes alongside him. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. He's really good. Uh, I think he also played really well tonight. Uh, I'm going to drop the cutoff in the chat here, by the way. Last chance to get some questions in. Cut off five more. So five after that message is your shot uh, to get your question answered here before we will wrap up. Because we we do want to sort of keep these to around 30 minutes or so. And I think we're already at 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a little. We're actually probably only at 20. 22 minutes we're at right now. Um Last resort, thoughts on green constantly turtling whenever we have a lead. I think it's a horrible strategy, especially we don't have the team for that type of strategy. Yeah, I think I think he does consistently lean defensively when the team is up late, um, which normally is an okay strategy. However, I think when the team, if the team had been playing like they had the first period all game and they were somehow up a goal, then I think it's a reasonable strategy. However, the Canucks in the second period and the Canucks in the third period were the better team by far. I think when you're playing that much better, you yeah, you keep the foot on the gas because you're outplaying them. Just keep scoring more goals. Also, you're against a goalie who's playing terribly. So just, yeah, pedal to the metal is what I'd think, right? Make the game 6-2 and then you don't have to worry about them coming back. Screw defense because Thatcher Demko has been great anyways. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be uh, uh, pretty fair. Uh, Tyson asking, why do you think the refs are so whack? Honest question. Um, look, usually I go with, you know, the refs are doing their best. Uh, the problem is the refs also sort of have a mission statement of evening everything up, right? Uh, you look in this game, what were the penalties in this game? They were four to three, right? Uh, Philadelphia had four penalties. The Canucks had two with three minutes to go in the, in the game. So pretty easy for them to make that call on OEL because they know in their head they're like man we've called more on one team than the other and this happens very very often uh, I think there I saw a, um, a study and it was looking at like or at least like some sort of spreadsheet that someone made and it was how often the same team gets two penalties in a row versus how often they like rotate and if one team gets a penalty it's like a 75% chance that the other team will get the next penalty or something crazy like that uh, so it is, you know, it is something that I don't like about the game. I think the rules should always be called the rules, no matter what the score is, no matter when it is in the season. Uh, but that's just not really the way it is in the NHL. 
Uh, Flaming Storm. Halak is getting the start tomorrow, but should it get the start in Buffalo as well? Um, I think it really depends on tomorrow. If the Canucks go out there and they win like 4-1 or 4-0, then yeah, Halak probably also gets the start in Buffalo. However, if it's, you know, if like a 3-2 game, I think they go back to Demko. I don't think there's any reason you need to go away from Demko. I think he was really good tonight. Uh, you look at the goals, uh, the Farabee goal. Uh, what was the Farabee goal again? I wrote, I, I have notes on all this. Um, the Farabee goal was a shot that got blocked and then it hit Pullman's skate and went in, right? Like he made a save and then it hit Pullman and went in. Unlucky goal. Uh, we look at the Atkinson goal, uh, and that was him basically beating Myers and having a shot from literally the top of the crease. That is a, a goal that most people are going to score. And in the last two goals, we had Konechny with a good shot that Demko probably should have had, but the puck was sort of moving back and forth. I think we can, I think we could say Demko probably wants to have that one back. And the Giroux one, the puck came over really quick and Demko couldn't get across in time. So I think Demko probably wanted a couple more saves, but let's not, we're not saying Demko played bad. He stopped both shots in the shootout. Uh, he was excellent the other night uh, on Wednesday night. I think you stick with Thatcher Demko as much as possible. He is your starter. And uh, I think you run that for as long as possible. Uh, MB, how much time should Green give Shason on power play one? I think they're going to keep giving him time on power play one until Brock Besser comes back. Uh, reasoning, I mean, the Canucks scored two power play goals, both on power play one tonight. Yes, both were big old flukes, right? The Pedersen goal right here, the Shason goal right there, both were flukes, but they were both power play goals. And they're going to look at that and be like, well, it worked. Let's keep the, let's keep that power play together. If Besser is back tomorrow or if he's back Tuesday, then I bet that you see, um, him out of power play one, maybe on power play two, taking something like Dowling's spot. Uh, Asian goalie saying refs really cracked me up. How many home opener games do we have left? I think two more. I think we have Detroit's tomorrow and then Seattle's and then our own, <laughs> uh, obviously, um, DSL, would you say that Lamico played better than Dickinson at center? I didn't really notice either of them tonight. Honestly. Um, I thought both of them were fine. Dickinson played 15 minutes. Lamico played nine. Um, both of them were bad at face-offs. The best face-off man on the Canucks was Horvat at only 54%. Miller had 31, Dickinson had 36, Lamico had 33. Um, I think they were both fine. Honestly, I, uh, I didn't hate either of the games. I didn't notice much of them at all. Um, let's see. Krishna asking your thoughts on the Canucks puck possession during OT. That was one of my pluses. Uh, the Canucks were excellent during OT. Um, and look, I'd like it to be more exciting, more two on ones. That was the most fun, stressful part of the overtime, but the, like the Canucks having possession in the flyer zone for two and a half minutes, wearing their team out, you'll get two or three grade triple a chances from it. So, uh, they did really well. Uh, Chris Nelson also noticing that, uh, that Lamico had a great game, uh, and Dickinson not great on draws yet. Lamico wasn't great on draws either, but that's all right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tyson of a gun. Do you see a style difference in the Canucks game defensively? Do you think that's the influence of Jason King behind the bench? I've noticed a bit more. I've noticed that guys going down to block passes seems to work more. Um, what we know, what I noticed a lot last year is guys would put their stick hand down on the ice and sort of the stick down flat, but they'd stay on both feet. So they'd be basically bent over like this with their stick on the ice. We're seeing guys go down more, which is riskier, but it seems to be working better so far. We will see if teams get, you know, get a hang of that and start faking passes and try to do a little bit more. 
Oh, but that's the main thing that I've noticed. Um, BR is getting some Moneyball vibes uh, from this year's team. Interesting. Uh, we're at our cutoff, but we'll do a few here. Uh, Chris saying, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad the Canucks won. I'm feeling, uh, feeling great. Uh, and I hope you guys are all doing well as well. Uh, Kyle, so Garland is the real deal, eh? He looks like it. Um, he just needs to start finishing. Uh, I don't think he got a point to, oh yeah, he had a point on the, on the Miller goal. I don't think he had a point in the first game. Uh, oh no, he did. He has two assists this year. Um, which is good. Two points in two games. You take that. Um, but he looks really good. Uh, in preseason, I noted that, and training camp, I noted that he didn't look great. Um, and again, you know, new team. And I, I, and I didn't try to pull anything from it. I was like, Hey, Garland didn't look great, but I'm not writing him off or anything. Right. And I was the same sort of on pod Colson. Um, but he has looked really, really solid, uh, tonight better than last night for sure. Uh, Lauren asking who the player I'm most excited for this season. Uh, it's, it's gotta be Pedersen. Uh, Pedersen still looks like that electricity in him. And just every time he touches the puck, you think something good could happen, right? Um, you know, you, you would see Louis Erickson pick up the puck and you're like, all right, nothing's happening here. You see Elias Pedersen, it's the exact opposite. You think he could create something here and it hasn't really been working, right? He has a goal and an assist. He still has two points. He got two points tonight, but I can like, if he unlocks that, like that little extra key, I can see him just having a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Um, and I think that's basically where we are going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys very much for hanging out. I'm going to send you all over to Clay's stream. Let me pull it up here. He is doing a 24 hour live stream. I want you to, I want everyone to go in there. Everyone go into Clay's stream, which I'm linking right here, spamming in the chat, go in there, say, go Canucks, go. Uh, you can say I sent you, you don't have to, uh, I will be on Clay's stream at 10 AM tomorrow, Pacific time. Uh, thank you guys very much for hanging out with me. A hundred people in here. If all of you go over to Clay's, you'll double his viewership. It'll be excellent. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me. I'll be live again tomorrow at about 6 37 o'clock with my post game. Once again, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning, uh, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform. Afterwards, you can just search Parker's Pucks. Thank you guys very much, and I will talk to you in a day.